Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world, broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world, spreading the news and information. BlakeRadio.com, music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul from BlakeRadio.com. It is Monday, October 16th, 2017. Before we get started with our show, which is antidepressants, pregnancy, and autism, um, I'd like to announce that Vitality Capsules are back in stock, thank God, and so we're having a back in stock two-for-one sale at VitalityCapsules.com. So... um, I'd like you to know about that and uh, mosey on over and um, check it out. Okay, so more, uh, I guess you could say medical uh, confessions. So, we're led to believe that a lot of um, research, reliable research, goes into um, drugs and uh, their um, their safety. So let's just take a look at uh, antidepressants and pregnancy. And as always, what we're taking a look at here is not accusations, but confessions. This yep, from the medical industrial complex itself. And this is from, as usual, Medscape Gummy Medicine. I tell you, a re- regular treasure trove of information. 
I would recommend anyone, everyone, sign up for Medscape, medscape.com. You can just enter that you're a nurse or pick any medical professional. And get the feed for family practice. They pretty much cover the um, groundwork in terms of the different diagnoses and what's going on. All right, so here we are. So the question is, is this the final word on prenatal antidepressants and autism? This is a shock, absolutely a shock. Uh, first of all, I have to confess, I graduated from medical school in 1983, year of our Lord. That's what the graduation certificate says, year of our Lord. So 1983, I graduated. And during um, medical school, that would be 1979 to 83, we were told that pregnant ladies should not take any drugs at all. And if the lady is taking psychologically active drugs, psychoactive drugs, then that was basically a travesty. And that child was, well, more or less pretty much damaged and uh, definitely put that one up for adoption. Not so much because the mother was mentally unstable, but because the drug would have adversely affected the baby and this is like hmm, not going to be a good baby. This is what was taught in 1983 or 79 to 83. So now fast forward 2017 and we actually have a discussion are antidepressants, which are psychologically active drugs, okay? They don't even ask, are they okay during pregnancy? They're asking, are they related to autism? So let's see what they have to say. Fetal exposure to antidepressants and autism. So a fetus is a baby that's still inside the mother. Exposure means um, this thing is circulating in the amniotic fluid, and antidepressants is a drug, and autism is an undesirable condition, that a lot of kids seem to be having these days. All right. And so um, they say one theory for the origin of autism is fetal, this baby, exposure to excess serotonin, a theory that has evidence, support in mouse models. Well, duh, if you're going to do animal research and torture these animals, we might as well pay attention to the results. Okay. So the mouse, the mouse says yes, yes, excess serotonin, which is what's caused by the SSRI antidepressants, the class of antidepressants. In fact, most uh, antidepressants work on the serotonin model by increasing it to decrease depression. Okay, so related to autism. All right. So human studies have raised the possibility that the mother using these antidepressants in the first trimester is associated with a greater risk for autism spectrum disorder in offspring. But the findings are mixed. Well, wait a minute. The findings are mixed. Let's just, let's analyze findings are mixed. Means. It means some studies are showing that there is an association between the mother taking what's considered to be perfectly safe antidepressants during her first trimester and having a stupid kid. Yes. Other studies show association. But there is no study showing that babies are more intelligent if their mother takes these antidepressants. Let's be clear. There is no evidence these antidepressants are in any way a benefit to the baby. And there is evidence, on the contrary, that um, babies are harmed. All right, so this is clear. So two recent studies examined the possible link 
between antidepressants in pregnancy and autism spectrum disorder in the offspring. All right. Now, so Brown and colleagues, it's a last name of an investigator and colleagues that be his friends, decide to address the concerns of confounding in previous studies of serotogenic exposure during pregnancy and autism spectrum disorder. Well, let's just break this down. Let's translate this in English. Address concerns of confounding studies. What's confounding mean? It means a lady who's going to take antidepressants at all, or certainly with the possibility of pregnancy, has certain habits and behaviors. And it may be those habits and behaviors that cause the autism, not the actual antidepressant itself. For example, maybe it's the second child. Maybe it's a reflection of the lady's income level. Maybe it's a reflection of her belief in the use of chemicals. And so maybe she's using uh, heavy makeup, heavy um, personal care products. Maybe these are really causing the problem. So what they did was they went to Ontario, Canada, where multiple medical and social databases were linked. In other words, the population's under extreme surveillance. All right. So they only took the children who were single births, no twins or triplets, and they were followed from 2002 to 2014 to identify who had autism. And the uh, investigators used 500 other associated variables like prior medical diagnoses, previous medical visits and hospitalizations, um, demographic like uh, where, they, where they live, socioeconomic, like how much money do they make, to calculate the propensity scores for mother's use of these uh, antidepressants. And long adjustments for the non-random assignment of mothers to antidepressant treatment or no antidepressant treatment. So in other words, whether or not a lady uses antidepressants during her pregnancy is not a random event. It is a reflection of her beliefs and a reflection of her insurance and a reflection of which doctor she ends up going to see. So it is not a random uh, event, the use of antidepressants. And unfortunately, the use of antidepressants, not only is it non-random, but it's not necessarily associated with the woman's condition, unfortunately. So analysis included data on more than 35,000 children of whom 50% were male, that's nice, and the mothers, 7.9% took an antidepressant drug at some point during the pregnancy. And um, those who took a medication had more severe previous psychiatric histories. And so the investigators were able to identify 620 sibling pairs in which one child was exposed and the other was not. Okay, so among all the children, 1% were diagnosed with autism. That's a lot. That's one in 100. Actually, 1.1%. So that's, that's more than one in 100. After an average follow-up of about five years. So there appeared to be an association between the medication exposure and autism spectrum disorder with a hazard ratio of 1.59 to 2.7. In other words, 50% to 100% more likely to have autism if the mother took a drug. So this association, though, was not important after the score was adjusted. So in other words, so after we 
alter the data, massage the data, ah, forget it, eh, forget it. But if you compare, you've got this lady, she's taking psychiatric drugs with one kid, not taking psychiatric drugs with the other kid. These kids are siblings. The kid for which she took psychiatric drugs, she's literally 50% to 100% more likely to have that kid be autism. In other words, let's just say it's stupid. Mm. So the investigators concluded that the reported associations may be explained by other factors. And their analysis using propensity scoring did not show an association between exposure during pregnancy and the development of autism spectrum disorder. And so this is, this is really um, shocking. And so the analysis, okay. Now we have to take, take a look at this. And so the model, when they, the model was applied, then the association was 0.997 to 2.59. What does that mean? That means that the other kid, the kid that got exposed to the psychiatric drugs was as likely or more likely to be autistic. And this is, this is, this is important to know that these, as I said, these psychiatric drugs in no way benefited the children who took them. So at no point was a child who took autistic, uh, exposed to psychiatric drugs less likely than his sibling to be autistic. So if you're a mother and you're taking these, these drugs, then you're like, whoa, wait a minute, there's a problem here. Okay, so then what they did was their siblings had 3.4 per thousand years uh, compared with two person years, 2.5 per thousand in unexposed siblings. But this wasn't, wasn't important. So in other words, if a child was exposed to psychiatric drugs, there was 50% more autism. They decided this wasn't really statistically important. But you know, this is a trend here. This is a definite trend here. So the analysis also found that the offspring of mothers treated with antidepressants in the year before pregnancy were more likely to have autism spectrum disorder suggesting that confounding by indication is the cause of noted association. So what does this mean? This means that if you're a woman and you are treated with these antidepressants and you have the year before pregnancy, but not during pregnancy, your child is more likely, 85% more likely to be autistic. And and they're saying that, well, wait a minute, this suggests that it's not the drugs, it's other cultural circumstances. But wait, but wait, could it be? And um, experience suggests that it is, that these drugs hang around. So if you take an antidepressant and a year later you decide to go ahead and get pregnant, that antidepressant may still be hanging around in your liver, in your system. And so literally the um, autism rate, the lower end, is 85% more likely to have 
have autism. If your mother took an antidepressant a year before she conceived you, up to two and a half times as as, as much. So this is uh, this is amazing. Let's just think. No, you know what? <sighs> Studies don't show anything. Ah, forget it. There's no hazard here. Hmm. So the investigation concluded that previously reported associations may be explained by other factors. It's like this poo poo poo. But again, there's a big association. It's a big association between these antidepressants and autism spectrum disorder. So what if the lady just refused to take antidepressants prior to or during pregnancy? How about that? Would this mitigate the other associated factors? Could the other associated factors be enhanced or increased by the antidepressant? Hmm. And so um, another study reported findings from a cohort of Swedish children born from 1996 to 2012, comparing multiple developmental behavior outcomes among those whose mothers took antidepressants during the first trimester with non-exposed general public and siblings. And they merged many national databases to link pregnancy, birth, and childhood outcomes to produce the data set. And the analysis was conducted using any antidepressant exposure but the investigators also performed sub-analysis focusing specifically on SSRIs, which is a class of drugs. The analysis controlled for your birth, how many babies the lady had, age of the mother at birth, education level, parental criminal conviction, which we now understand has nothing to do with parental criminal crime, just by the way. Uh, most criminals are never convicted. Just people commit crimes and the convictions don't always follow. Severe psychiatric illness or a history of suicide attempts. The data included 22,000 offspring who were exposed to antidepressants. So across the population, the rate of autism spectrum diagnosis in the offspring of mothers who took antidepressants in the first semester was more than twice as high as that found in non-exposed children. So we have here a society that um, has a tremendous amount of data and accuracy and control of that data in terms of mothers, birth, children, and their outcomes. And literally, the offspring of mothers who took these antidepressants in the first trimester was more than twice as high as that found in non-exposed children. This is substantial. When you take a look and you consider that the autism, the baseline rate of autism in the population is somewhere around uh, half a per- 1% to 2%. Well, you double that, like, whoa, wait a minute. And then even the ones that aren't, like, autistic, autistic spectrum, you're like, you know what, that kid is just not right, just not right. And so there's a problem. There is a problem. So an increase, okay, so these offspring were more than twice as likely to have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and adjusted models, first trimester antidepressant was associated with autism spectrum disorder. So that was 64% up to 83%. However, in the comparison of exposed and non-exposed siblings, there was no difference in the risk. So they're saying, okay, if we compare a lady taking antidepressants, she's got a baby and she gives birth. You compare that baby's risk of autism 
with the risk of a baby from another family that was not exposed, her kid is going to be more or less 64% greater chance of having autism. But if you compare that baby to an unexposed sibling, and this is in another study, no difference, no difference. So ladies who take antidepressants, what they are saying, have other associated habits, whatever they may be, that phenomenally increase her kid's chances of becoming autism. So I say to you, if you had a habit as ridiculous as whether to wear a glove on your left hand or not wear a glove on your left hand, and all you knew is if you don't wear a glove on your left hand, your kid's chances of autism will drop 64%. Would you engage in, would you quit that activity? Would you say, yep, I'm not wearing a glove on my left hand because I know it increases my kid's chances of autism by 64%. I don't know what, why, where, how, but not going to do it. So it's reasonable then for women who are concerned about whether or not their kid's going to get, uh, have autism is to not take antidepressants and not engage in any activity associated with taking antidepressants. For example, maybe you're taking an antidepressant, and along with the antidepressant, maybe you're taking a drug for indigestion to deal with the side effects of the antidepressant, let's just say. Well, would it make sense then to not take the antidepressant and not take the indigestion drug, for example? So there's a lot of compounding uh, factors Maybe a woman who takes antidepressants goes and sees the doctor more often. Maybe a woman who takes antidepressants is more compliant with her prenatal care. So, again, stop the antidepressant, and maybe the associated activity will also stop. So, finally, paternal, that would be the father's use of antidepressants during the mother's first trimester, was also associated with greater frequencies of the measured outcomes. Notice greater frequency of autism. So if the father is taking the antidepressant during the mother's first trimester, the kid is more likely to get autistic. Now this is something they're, they're dismissing. Like, ah, pooey. So if the father is a contribution, there must be an environmental influence instead of drug effects. That's responsible. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy contributed a sperm. This sperm was saturated with this drug to say that ugh, these ladies uh, who are pregnant, they had sex with guys. That proves that becoming pregnant is an environmental issue. Now, I'm related to men. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa, back up, back up, back up. This guy contributed a sperm, a sperm saturated with antidepressants. And so, of course, you would think that that might actually, you know, this is, this is evidence then that exposure to these antidepressants does have an adverse outcome on the kid. And now you got the dad using antidepressants. Well, who do you think is going to have sex with a lady using antidepressants? Uh, a father using antidepressants. And so we have here really preponderance of the evidence that exposure to these drugs and a lifestyle that goes with it is pretty darn damaging for kids. The investigators concluded that their findings do not point to an increased risk for autism associated with antidepressant use. You get this? I mean, can you believe this? So this is how medical research is analyzed and reported out to the public. You know what? 
Well, ladies use antidepressants. Autism goes up by 64% to fourfold. She has sex with a guy who uses antidepressants. Autism um, increases. You know what? <laughs> Forget it. There's no association. We just, nah, just, just nothing. Nothing here. Uh, research shows no association. Hmm. And so this is the viewpoint. Both studies use sibling analysis and comparisons of mothers treated before pregnancy with untreated mothers to try to isolate the effect of the drug from genetic environmental effects. Although the Swedish study did not use propensity scoring, the authors of the Canadian study commented that propensity scoring, although extensively used in their study, still cannot account for uncontrolled unknown factors. And this is just so difficult to isolate the effects on childhood outcomes of a prenatal drug versus the maternal, which is mother, paternal, which is father, and environmental confounders associated with depression. However, these studies, based primarily on evaluations of exposed and non-exposed siblings, should provide reassurance. Reassurance. Instead, we should focus more on the total picture of what maternal depression during pregnancy may bode for offspring. Now, the thing to look at, of course, here is mothers who are depressed and not taking any drugs for the depression. If they really want to blame maternal depression for this, the real study to do would be a study comparing depressed mothers who took drugs during their pregnancy and depressed mothers who did not take drugs during their pregnancy. In other words, this conclusion that they came to is unrelated to the data that they have. And this happens a lot in medical uh, research and medical articles, is they present you with information, you read the information, and the conclusion is unrelated to the data. The conclusion here is focus on the total picture of maternal depression during pregnancy and its effect on offspring. Whoa, you have a series of studies you've reviewed here, all of them showing that ladies taking these antidepressants have an increase in autism either compared to ladies who never took these drugs or compared with exposed siblings and unexposed siblings. So the use of these drugs is clearly a factor, according to the data presented here. But then the researchers say, well, you know what, forget the drugs. Let's just focus on maternal depression during pregnancy and how that affects offspring. Hmm. And of course, if that's what you're going to focus on, what you're going to do then is what? Well, let's treat the depression. Which means more of these drugs which have shown a trend of increased autism. This is what um, this is what uh, you're up against. And so a lot of people tell me, oh, Dr. Daniels, I want to get my uh, Healthcare provided based on scientific data, peer-reviewed articles. And this is definitely a peer-reviewed article. All this research is, and I even say, Brown and colleagues, I mean, the whole gang, uh, this Dr. Brown and all his colleagues, they all got together and, uh, you know, hey, came to this conclusion. So what this shows is how very dangerous medical practices can actually be substantiated and confirmed and um, how the conclusions in medical literature can basically have nothing to do whatever with the 
uh, data. And so if you're going to believe a study, you at least have to read it yourself because this stuff that they do is not at all reliable. Well, this is coming to the end of our show. We only have half-hour shows now. And so, as always, think happens. And we'll see you again next week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.